Hey there, it's Vashti Sarah. Welcome back to Post Blog. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. And if this is not your first time listening, welcome back. Hey guys, so today I have some of my friends, David and Morgan Hargrove, and I just want them to talk to y'all about going after your dreams. I know a lot of y'all, just like me, we have these fears in life and we don't want to go after our dreams. We don't want to go after our passions because we're fearful of disappointing people. We're fearful of failing. We're fearful that, you know, other people will have opinions that don't really align with ours. So, For those of you who are listening, sit back and relax and just enjoy. I want them to share their hearts and impart some wisdom because they have a ton of wisdom, a ton of experience, and they're some phenomenal entrepreneurs who just went after it. And I'm sure it wasn't easy, but they will share that story with y'all. So David and Morgan, thank y'all for joining me today and y'all have the floor. Thank you, Vashti. Yes, thank you. We are excited to talk to you and... I feel like part of what I want your listeners to know is that Emma Weiss is actually who I was looking for someone to take care of our biggest blessings, Hallie and Matthew. And Emma Weiss was like, you have to know Vashti. She would be great (laughs) at taking care of kids. And I was uh, new to hiring babysitters and I was really skeptical. And uh, then you came and you, not only watched my kids, but you washed all the dirty dishes in my sink and I just (laughs) fell in love with you and my kids fell in love with you and you just loved on them so well while at Sagu being valedictorian and working full time. And I was just really impressed with your work ethic and, you know, it was just a blessing for sure for David and I both to go on date nights and fun things and not have to stress about our kids. Oh, absolutely. And they're not just watching Netflix, but you're actively engaging their young little minds. What a blessing you were for us. Oh, yes. you guys are so welcome. Y'all are like family now, and I love your kids. It, it made it easy because y'all, your kids are really easy too. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Well, we, we are blessed with two wonderful children. Um, the Lord has blessed us. I think that's one way we can describe ourselves accurately. Mm-hmm. We have um, been saved by Jesus uh, through different means at different times. We have been in love with each other for going on 20 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have just an amazing life really of adventure that the Lord has opened up to us. And um, that's, that's the best way I can describe it. We're just very, very blessed and humbled by the opportunities that we have in front of us. But like the good Spider-Man quotes with, with great opportunity of power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a bit of a double-edged sword uh, that we're continually learning and failing um, and getting back up again and, and trying to do right with what we have been uh, afforded. Right. Well, why don't you tell them a quick overview of our, our cattle ranch, and then I'll, I'll talk about the uh, development business. Okay. Quick. So uh, we run a cow-calf operation mm-hmm. in Corsicana, and then we have hay fields in Lancaster and in Waxahachie, 
and I kind of help on the cattle reproduction side and um, the nutrition side. Uh, I guess in a funny way, I'm glad my name is Morgan because um, that could be a boy or a girl name. And I usually text uh, with other 60 to 80 year old ranchers. (laughs) And there's a there's a long duration before they realize that I am in fact a five foot nothing female, <laughs> and so um, so that goes back into like fear. There's you know a little bit of fear of being um, one of the few women in that industry, but mm-hmm. um, the Lord is gracious, and um, and then that's kind of the cattle side, and then and then I'm the hired hired hand on the. <laughs> very very important tasks Uh, that usually require heavy lifting Uh, i get to go deliver 20 round bells of hay uh to the golden circle after this podcast i'm excited oh wow Uh, but i also am uh have been blessed to be in in this business uh called legacy grove development which is really um even the name itself uh pays tribute to uh just a long list of, of good men who have followed the Lord and mm-hmm. have been blessed in business. Mm-hmm. So there's a legacy there that far precedes me with wow. with my father and my grandfather and my great-grandfather mm-hmm. um, before me. Just building businesses, taking risks, and in this case, in land development, uh, just wrapped up uh, hopefully what is my magnum opus of a of a subdivision here in Waxahachie. We wrapped that up yesterday. It was a two-year project and uh, just cannot wait uh, to see for decades to come, if the Lord gives us that time, uh, actual community um, Mm -hmm. existing here in this one neighborhood. We've put a lot of uh, hard work, a lot of thought, sweat, uh, sometimes maybe a tear or two, and certainly a lot of prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those are our two businesses. And at the moment, there could be a few more springing up soon. Um, but yeah, that's that's us. That's awesome. I mean, y'all have done a lot. I mean, from when I knew you guys to where y'all are today, all that y'all have done, and you guys are so humble about what you do. Because even when I was babysitting your kids, y'all never boasted. You guys are extremely humble about it. Um, extremely generous, not just to me, but to people around you guys. Like y'all will drop anything and give up a room or a home for someone, you know? So I applaud you guys to know that where you guys are today, how much God has blessed you. You haven't allowed finances to be a stumbling block or business to be a stumbling block. Rather, you guys give radically. And I feel like sometimes till it hurts, like, there's no boundary or there's no limit to giving as long as it's to the Lord. But um, yeah, I applaud y'all and I aspire to be like you guys someday, Jared and I both, we say often, you know, let's have that mindset like David and Morgan where we'll work and we'll honor the Lord, but we'll give back a hundred percent. But besides that, let's talk about fear. Let's talk about how fear can stop us from growing after dreams, going after what we feel like God's called us to do. I know for me personally, there have been eras in my life where I 
went a certain direction because that's what I was told I had to do. Um, I was told that I had to do medicine or I had to be a doctor. I had to be a lawyer because in my culture, if you don't have a degree, then you're nothing kind of thing. And I had to, I you know, knelt before the Lord and I said, you know, Lord, I don't want to do this. I, that's not my passion. I want to help people. I love business. I love children. How can I incorporate all of that? What's that dream and what does that passion look like? And for a long time, I allowed fear to stop me. And now in my late 20s, I'm finally getting to the point where I'm like, I don't care what other people have to say. I don't care about failing because I probably will fail, but I'll just go after my dreams. So when in your life were you most affected by fear and how did you allow fear to stop you from moving forward? Wow. Great question. Uh, Morgan, you want to jump in or you want me to go first? You go first. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, there's one part of that question uh, about stopping you from something you know you should do. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, in the context of business, there there are things and risks we should take, but that's not really what comes to mind when I think about that question. Mm-hmm. In Cards on the Table, those who know Morgan know that um, for some reason our wiring is, is we, we have a risk affinity level, both of us, that is just typically higher than most. Um, and I don't know why that is. It's just a wiring. We, we're, we're both more given to take risks than the average bear, I suppose. <laughs> but there's one one area that I have to confess cowardice again and again, even now. And it's uh, in the realm of, of sharing my faith with um, those around me, which, you know, I'll gladly say that that's, that's why we're living and breathing right now. Right. We are called um, to this great mission, this great commission, and it's an everyday thing. And uh, Morgan and I joke about, there's this movie called Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which it's a good one, um, where, where these sales guys, they got this thing about always be closing, they call it ABC. And so Morgan and I use those, that kind of terminology, just, just regarding every relationship all the time. It's just always be closing, okay? How can we weave gospel opportunities into this conversation or, or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. But there comes a point where um, the relationship itself comes to a threatened point. It, it's like, okay, man, I get it. You're a church guy. Cool, great, cool. <laughs> but when you get to the point of like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? And here's where I've been fearful in the past. Uh, one example a uh, coworker of mine back when we worked in Colorado shared a cubicle right next to him every day, all the time. He knew what I stood for, all that out of the gate. But as far as actually having that gospel conversation, just I just punted on it. I punted on it. I punted on it. And then I convinced myself I had I had the solution. It was, hey, we're moving back to Texas. You know how everybody says, you know, hey, we'll hang out, but, but you know that, you know, lifestyle, you're, you're moving. You're mm-hmm. not going to see that person like you were. So it's kind of one of those, well, the relationship's kind of closing up anyway. Might as well risk it now. So uh, I did have that conversation with him, and he had some profound responses about just like, hey, okay, I get what you're talking about, but 
I don't really want to think about it. Mm. I would rather watch. Uh, he, I don't think Netflix was a big thing at that point. He said, uh, like, suits. I just want to watch suits. Walk my dog, go to sleep, wake up, go back to work. So wow. I don't really want to think about it. That was his response, which was heartbreaking. And my um, reflection on it is, what if I didn't punt on that conversation for three years? What if, what if we had that conversation early when right. the relationship could have been threatened? And it's like, oh, I got to sit next to this guy. So um, it's not just that one time. It's, it's all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing this calculus, this game, where it's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until it's not that risky. I think that's a mistake. And I think um, we should... Um, we should not succumb to that type of fear. Right. So you're saying waiting to the end. I mean, is- so, certainly the spirit moves uh, and there's an opportune moment. And we see that with Paul. We see that with Philip. The, the Ethiopian eunuch has always been a story. I'm like, yeah, if, if I had a guy just come up to me and say, hey, would you explain this Isaiah passage, please? I'm like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> That form of sharing of faith is a lot easier than. Yeah, I hadn't had that day. So we convince ourselves to punt. Right. uh, Too often. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced of that. So that's kind of the spiritual side of it. I know there's certainly business decisions, but that's the one that comes to mind for me. Morgan, what about you? I think there are several that come to mind for me. And so many so that I almost got overwhelmed and bogged down of all the times that I've uh, felt fearful um, from becoming a mom mm-hmm. to uh, when I backing up further to when I was becoming a Christian and like the the change from not knowing the Lord to knowing the Lord and how uh, it, it was just it, the lens really was different in mm-hmm. viewing fear. And um, so I truthfully, kind of can't focus on all the things that I was fearful of or still kind of ironing out in my mind, but mm-hmm. have to think about more, I guess, the next prompt, which would be kind of the what do you do and, and continually reminding myself of how the the more practical side, and I'm not trying to jump ahead. Oh, you're just, fine. Um. I feel like I used to really, truly think that when I saw what I would define as brave people, um, I thought that they weren't fearful. Mm. And then I would go and talk to them and I'm like, oh, my word, they were so terrified <laughs> and they did it anyway. Right. You know, and um, so once I really took that to heart and I um, realized that being brave and making business decisions, decisions as a wife, a mom. Uh, a believer it's more uh about not the absence of fear but but just harnessing that fear and and taking little wins and how that increases the muscle of bravery right 
So I do like what you, uh, what both of y'all said. The first thing is, I mean, I know, David, you took it from a spiritual lens, which is great because even that spiritual lens is practical in our day-to-day living, whether it be business decision or just going after something simple as starting a new hobby, you know, not waiting until the last minute thinking, gosh, it's been three years, I should have you know, started it the first year I had that interest. Honing down on what that fear looks like and being willing to take that risk. I'm a very calculated person. I like to think through all my options. And sometimes when I think too much into it, then I don't do anything. I just sit there because I'm dwelling on the what ifs, you know. And then Morgan, what you said was extremely spot on because that's where I've I'm currently at where living bold is not the absence of fear rather living bold tells fear it has no control over decisions it it uses fear to propel you to do absolutely and I had to for myself personally I was again five foot nothing rancher that does not equal athlete by any means but I do enjoy reading, and so uh, I read a lot about athletes and the power of how they visualize, mm-hmm. and I know that this is across the board um, for a lot of major athletes, but how detailed they get when they visualize a win, yeah, and then how detailed they get in visualizing even a loss, and so I, I truthfully, I do that when I fear whatever the situation is, I visualize, um, how can, how can I make this successful? What are some of the nuances? And I put pen to paper and I, I, I write it all out. And then what are the outcomes in the negative? And then also I just write, is he still God and mm. in negative and in the positive? And the answer of course is yes. And always yes. Right. But I have to define that in my mind and in my heart and stand on that solid rock and then move forward um, so that I'm more prepared mentally. Wow. Is he still God? I love that. Jared and I were actually talking about it last night. Whenever things don't turn out the way I want them to turn out or I feel like they should have turned out, it's not that I doubt God because I am firm and steadfast in my faith. I know what I believe, but there are times where I'm like, Lord, come on. Were you really in this? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So for listeners who have a dream, is scared to take the plunge and it can't, it doesn't have to be a big old dream, but just something simple. What advice would you give them? What is the downside of not taking action? And I think David, you touched a little bit on that already in terms of on the spiritual side of things. And also, what would you tell your younger self in times of fear? Uh, yeah. So there's there's a couple of things. There's definitely the spiritual side of that. But um, one of my heroes, very, very high on the list heroes, was forever, but most recently I came across a friend recommended The Rise of Theodore Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is one of the greatest biographies ever written. Of course, because the man himself was a legend. Mm-hmm. And he got he got more done in 60 years of life than any of us will ever do. Mm-hmm. He was not a God-fearer. Um, I, I don't know that he feared anything, which is itself 
somewhat tragic, but <laughs> he has this quote and he's known for it. Uh, but it's, it's about the man in the arena who strives. And, and there's this one part in that quote where it says at, at your worst, if you fail, at least fail daring greatly. Wow. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. And the reason I thought of that quote this week is I was having lunch with a retired uh, MMA fighter um, who was once like ranked two in the, in the whole world mm-hmm. a decade or two ago. Very, very gifted fighter. Uh, he was sharing with me how he's come down with uh, Parkinson's disease and, oh, and so many of his people, you know, he's, he's not old, mm-hmm. he's just 50s. And it's terrifying to hear that news. But so many in his life are saying, hey, you know, they're saying it's related to all the, the punching. And, right. You know, if you had it to do over again, you would have skipped that. Right. And he made my week when he just looked at me and said, I'd do it all over again in a heartbeat. Wow. No, no question. He has no regrets. He only sees it positively. And I'm just like, I just, I, I pound that fist and I'm like, dude, my man, that's what I want to be about. Wow. That is good. And so I just said, man, you made my week. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that type of bravery. Um, and again, it, if you're doing the, the raw accounting on it, you know, the ledger is in the negative there mm-hmm. by, all, by all accounting principles, but you know, I could digress on sort of this American spirit, sort of be, like Teddy Foster. We're kind of known for being that way. And I think it's uh, a very good, good way to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost the championship in our baseball game last last night, mm-hmm. Matthew. Son. Uh, but we swung for the fences. So you came up short, but you swing for the fences. Right. To me, have. If I have fear in this realm, it's it's about maybe not fear of man, but maybe fear of missing out, or maybe you could call it fo-fowy, fear of what if. Did you just make that up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the fly, I like that, Dave. fear of what if. I will actually write a blog about that. Fowey. <laughs> like, it could be... All right. It could be something real simple, like you're stuck on the highway on I-35, but there's that little off ramp that you could take. Mm-hmm. You know, Siri or Google, they have no idea which one's going to be faster. Right. You have the option to sit there and you know it's going to be a while mm-hmm. or you could take that risk. And for me, for whatever reason, and Morgan, too, we happily take the risk. <laughs> Even if it's 20 minutes longer, we're like, well, at least we know. Right. And that's, that's, um, you know, you know, going back to the spiritual side, um, when you're, when you're afraid, uh, I think of Matt Chandler talking about navel gazing, you know, you got your eyes down Mm -hmm. really there's all, uh, Piper says the person to whom we ascribe most authority is the person we fear the most. So I think just spending a lot of time reflecting on the scriptures mm-hmm. uh, that that there's so much of our motivation should rest in fear. Yeah. But the object of that fear is what we ought to consider the viewpoint of what we were, what we are actually afraid of. 
and um, the God of the Bible is one, you know, we use that word fear as a reverential kind of fear. Mm-hmm. It, it's also a terrifying kind of fear, like, like descend on Mount Sinai in a cloud of smoke. Moses literally, he tells them, um, you know, here, here's God coming down on Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. And he says, God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. He literally says that. Yeah. Acts 2020. Wow. The fear of God will keep you from sinning. Is that true in my life? Hmm. Is that true in our life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fear of God is a powerful tool. It's the beginning of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then we look at other things where like old father Abraham, he's a, he's a father of faith, right? But he had a rough start. Yep. He lied to Pharaoh because he had a super hot wife and he was worried about it. And uh, he almost brought condemnation on all of Egypt. And Pharaoh's like, what have you done to me? Get, get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then he listens to Sarah says, Hey, I don't know about this having a kid thing. So, uh, Maybe I should, uh, you know, let's, let's, who's this, who's this Hagar lady you got here? And here's Ishmael. Mm-hmm. And there's generations of consequences. Right. Still to this day from uh, fear-based action. Um, so the scriptures have a lot to say about it. And the fun part about the scriptures as we study them is they're not prescriptive. They're descriptive, especially in the Old Testament. They're not trying to clean up the picture. They're just chronicling what happens when you go down the trail of fear, yep. fear mindset, and it's not good. Um, so uh, I've, it's just a wonderful thing to lean on the scriptures in this particular area. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be remiss to not mention Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but can cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Okay, Jesus, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that uh, ties in to, I, for me personally, I feel uh, strongly um, have my attention when people start overly using the word safety. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a incredibly useful tool that keeps people um, in a state of disobedience because they prioritize their safety so much. Yeah. Um, across the board, I see it with, um, just in my own life, uh, well, where should we kid- send the kids to school? Well, where, where's a safe school? Well, that's actually not what I'm called to do. I'm, I'm called to live in community and, um, care for my kids, but also, um, from even, well, I, I don't know if we should take in that um, rec- recovering addict because he might relapse and, mm. you know, I don't know I'm going to stay safe, but but that's not obedience. Right. And, um, but, but Morgan, if our kids are not in Lovejoy ISD, they will never make it. In- <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. How will they yeah. face? How? Yeah, I, will know, they face I know, I don't know, but uh, it's, a, it's a real thing. We must move right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you only knew how serious that said around, you know, parents um, that uh, we see. And then 
the sad thing is, is because just like believing any lie mm-hmm. doesn't pin out the way you think because you've, you've made a move out of disobedience rather than obedience. Right. And, you know, the ripple effect is quite large or, or even in, in business with new and innovative ideas, it's, they're always a little bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. They're a little dangerous and, oh, this could, you know, go really horribly. But what if mm-hmm. it doesn't go horrible? So, I yeah, I think that if I could go back and re- tell myself, when you hear the word safety, like early on in our marriage, and, you know, that's not safe or that's, you know, just to really lean into that and just instead of that word, just simply ask yourself, am I being obedient? Wow. To- yeah. Of course, Stonegate, the church we go to, their whole thing is about risk and embracing risk. Yep. It's a great church to go to, but they're, they're not saying, you know, just literally every dangerous thing you can do, go <laughs> hug it in its face. It's like, no. Right. No, but that's why I said the caveat of am I being obedient? obedient. That's what you have to look for. Because the word safe and safety is where people, I feel like that has, for whatever reason, been paramount. Yeah. And it should be. Well, that leads perfectly into our last question as we're wrapping this up. What practical tips or action steps can listeners take to begin that process of moving out of the safety zone and being obedient to what God has called them to do? Because we all have passions, we have dreams, we have giftings, you know, and a lot of us are sitting on that because we're fearful of the what ifs, we're fearful of what people have to say, um, we're fearful of failing so what practical tips would you tell listeners or would you tell yourself, um, your younger self? Sum it up with three. Um, we could have uh, number one, sort of like Morgan talked about, running the risk-reward analysis and then asking, is, is he still God? Mm. That's a, you you got to run it, yep. but ask a question and that, that should lead you further. Um, Number two, practically speaking in business, this is uh, start smaller okay, um, and, and achieve it and then add a little bit more mm-hmm. and achieve it. And um, because there are really daunting tasks and um, I think that people don't, um, it sounds silly, but I give myself a to be done by date, not just a to do list, but this needs to be, you know, done and and decided and by this time or else it it becomes I need to lose five pounds for seven years, you know. Wow. So that's kind of helpful to me. And three. The Teddy thing, man. The Teddy. Oh. That was, that's, 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 that was your third point. I well, was going to go back hard in the paint on that verse about throwing your soul in hell. Well, yeah, lean that's, on the lean That's on a little the very, much. <laughs> on the very relevant that, that speak to this. Right. Meditate on, look where it's gone badly in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, look what's possible with faith. And and then, yeah, the You just don't want to be one of those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And this is our 10th year of ranching. Mm -hmm. 
promise you we have done 99% of what you shouldn't do. For sure. But only by doing that um, are we now somewhat useful. Uh, like the defeats themselves mm-hmm. are incredibly useful. So don't be afraid of a temporary defeat that yeah. you can overcome. Wow. Well, y'all just unpacked it a ton of knowledge. I'm encouraged. I'm extremely, extremely encouraged and motivated. I told y'all, but there are things that I'm currently working on. And that helps me. That shifts my frame of reference. Um, Jared and I were talking last night. I told him, you know, I'm going to go for it. And even if I fail, at least I tried. Failure isn't not making it. Failure isn't um, not receiving that affirmation. Failure is simply, I just didn't try. I was a Mm -hmm. cold soul, fearful, and I was just stuck in my comfort zone. So guys, I thank y'all so, so much for imparting wisdom, imparting knowledge, sharing y'all's heart, sharing your story, um, parts of your lives, and just mainly being an encouragement. And I hope someone is encouraged today, Uh, whether it be you're up at night because you have that dream, you have that passion. Um, You can't sit at work without thinking the what ifs, what if I just go for it? I pray that this podcast just encourages you to take that bold step and remember that God is in every decision that we make as long as we give those decisions to him. So yeah, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Vashti, you should have taken this topic full force. You went from no podcast to a podcast (laughs) that's bravery and i'm proud of you thank you all so much i greatly appreciate it have a good one see you soon all righty see y'all soon all right bye-bye bye That's it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the post blog podcast. Same time, same place next week. I love y'all. But remember, God loves you most.